The DSO Connect 2021 retreat is right around the corner and registration is now open. We are heading to Cape Coral, Florida, July 23rd through 25th, and we also have a virtual only option. Spend a weekend with other like-minded, creative, goal-oriented studio owners. The weekend includes two days chocked full of amazing seminars by the DSO Connect team, including yours truly, and one day of implementation sessions where we sit down together and get stuff done. So by the time you leave, you've already got things checked off your list. You'll leave feeling rejuvenated and have an actionable plan to build your studio into a thriving business so you can live your best life. This is an intimate weekend where we all stay in the same fabulous waterfront estate together, so space is extremely limited. Included in your stay is all the amazing content, the implementation day, swag bag, seminar workbook, food and drink for the weekend, including adult beverages, your lodging at the estate, and the priceless connections that you'll make with all the other studio owners. Plus, you'll get a one-on-one follow-up coaching call with one of the DSO Connect team after the retreat to help you stay on track. For more information and to reserve your spot, head on over to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat 2021 tab. Don't wait too long because space is seriously limited and these spots will go fast. So again, dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat 2021 tab. We can't wait to spend the weekend with you. Hello and welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Robin and once again I am flying solo. Casey's taking a little bit of time off and I am happy to be here talking to you guys about all things dance studio. Here at my studio in Pennsylvania the weather is just starting to break. We're starting to see sunshine and warmer air and the trees are blooming It's not as gray, it's not as yucky. And so that always brightens my spirits. I really do appreciate sunshine and it really does elevate my mood. So I am in good spirits these days, Um, busy as ever. We're doing a renovation on the exterior of our building, which uh, it was kind of long overdue. We spent many, many years renovating the inside of our building room by room by room. And then we finally got to the end of that list and took a look at the outside and thought, hmm, (laughs) use some attention out here. So we're having a new parking lot put in and we're having the entire building painted and we have new signs coming. So all of that is super exciting. But in the meantime, um, our parking lot is unusable, so nobody has anywhere to park, and our signs are down, so people in the community are asking if we're closing, so we have to make sure that we're on top of that, making sure people know we're not closing, and everything just kind of looks a little disheveled, but it has to go through that process in order to get to the beautiful end result, which will be, I don't know, mid-June, we should be good to go. Anyway, that's exciting. It's always nice to have some change um, on top of all the regular things that we got, that we have on our plates this time of year, uh, recital time, auditions, all costumes, pictures, summer enrollment. Oh my gosh, there's so much going on for us this time of year. 
it's a miracle that we survived these, this season. But anyway, today our topic is words of wisdom from a seasoned studio owner to DSO rookies. So I consider myself a seasoned studio owner. This is our 30th year in business, and I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. If I had learned some of them earlier in my studio owner career, I would have saved myself a lot of heartache. So I put some things together that I would love to impart to new studio owners who are maybe just starting out on their journey. And hopefully I can save you guys some heartache. I can save you guys from having to learn these lessons on your own. So here we go. I have 11 words of wisdom, 11 points to go over. The first one is seek out your own territory. Don't step on your neighbor's toes. So this one is like the cardinal rule of opening a studio. If you were a former teacher at another studio and you decide that your calling is to open your own studio, don't do it in the same neighborhood as the studio where you worked. That is the worst thing that you could do, in my opinion, to start off your um, new venture with a lot of bad blood. Um, I know communities are different. In some communities, there's a dance studio on every corner. And so this rule might be a little bit different. Um, but in some communities, the dance studios are fewer and more far between. And in those cases, I think it's really important that you not um, open up a new studio in the territory in which um, you were teaching for another studio owner. Because in essence, the students that you were teaching at that studio owner's place of business are not yours. They are the customers of that business. And as a new business owner, it is your responsibility to start from zero like the rest of us and build your own base. So little word of advice, don't start off on that foot. Go ahead and do your market research, find an area that is far enough away from where you were teaching and and do it on your own. Just do it on your own. Number two, market truthfully. I think that it's really important in our marketing that we are painting an accurate picture of what our studio is all about. There are lots of different kinds of studios. You might be a ballet academy. You might be a competition studio that's very glitzy, glammy, and, um, you know, all about the trophies and, and winning competitions and, and, and that kind of vibe. You might be more of a concert style studio that does more modern dance, or you might be more Broadway musical theater. Um, you might be a recreational studio and you might just cater to kids who want to dabble in dance once a week. Whichever studio you are, I think it's important that you embrace it, own it, and advertise accordingly. If you are a recreational studio, don't market yourself as a high caliber training program that's sending dancers off to dance professionally because those are two different things and we need to be honest. There's nothing wrong with being a recreational dance studio. You want to highlight all the benefits of what your program does for the community. 
lots and lots of benefits that you're, that a recreational studio can provide um, a community that should, they're not to be diminished, but focus on them and be honest in your marketing. Never poach students or teachers. This is number three. It's very important as you start your new business that you market to the community and earn students on your own merit. If you are a former teacher in the community and you have, it, have the ability to reach out to your former students and kind of lure them into your studio, I would suggest you resist the urge to do so. It is unethical, um, it is icky, and um, karma will get you. I think karma will get you in the end. Um, it's, in, it's important that you are um, offering your program in a way that is open and honest and not sneaky and backdoor. Back in the day, it was easier for studio owners to protect their customer list from teachers um, because, you know, maybe it was phone numbers and addresses or then it was email addresses. But now everybody can contact everybody via Facebook Messenger or social media. And, and it's, um, it's much easier for teachers to gain access to a customer list. If you are a new studio owner, do not take advantage of of that kind of cheating way to gain students. I would recommend that you um, market your studio and grow it from the ground up. Number four, position yourself as a partner with parents, not as adversaries. This, this is huge to me. I think that having parents on your side eliminates a million headaches down the road. When parents register their children at my studio, I consider our relationship a partnership. We both want their child to thrive. We both want their child to be the, the best that they can be. So instead of dealing with the parent as if they need to step back, stay out of the lobby, um, don't ask questions, follow my iron-fisted rule. Um, instead, I communicate openly with them. And when there is a problem, I approach it as if, you know, we're in this together. Your daughter is struggling with focus in class. How can we together help her to um, improve her, her concentration, um, stay focused? How can we together solve this problem for your child? And when you take that approach, I think that parents no longer behave on the defensive when issues come up with their child. And it's more, there's more of a willingness for them to kind of link arms with you and um, approach the problem from the same direction so that you can uplift the child. That also really works well for us when we are doing performances, whether they be community performances or performances in a professional theater, and we have our class moms. Um, I, love, I love class moms. I, of course, you want to screen them and make sure you're choosing the right ones. But when you have the parents on your side, they will 
they will just go above and beyond for the greater good of your studio because it's a wonderful experience for their kid. So I always treat the parents with respect and treat them as partners in this venture. Point number five, don't be bossy in your policies. Always explain why. So when I was trying to put together my policies, my brochure, my um, student handbook, I looked at a lot of other studios material online and got a lot of really good ideas, which is great. Of course, you don't want to copy things word for word. That would not be appropriate, but it's certainly okay to be looking at other people's material for inspiration. But I was always kind of struck every once in a while by the tone that some studio owners um, used to speak to their customers, um, kind of in a very demeaning manner, like tuition is due on the first of the month. And if it's late, your child will be dismissed from class and publicly humiliated and whipped with a wet noodle or something to that effect. I'm obviously being sarcastic. Um, but rather, I think that the same message can be gotten across by saying something like, um, tuition is due on the first of the month. We appreciate your prompt payment. That was so much nicer. I just don't like that finger wagging tone. And it even, it even extends into things like signs in your lobby. You know, I have signs that say things like, please enjoy your food in the cafe, not in the parent lounge, as opposed to no food in the parent lounge ever, no exceptions. This means you. I mean, it just has a whole different, um, it sets up a whole different kind of tone between you and your customers when you um, word things in that manner. Another thing that is important in point five, don't be bossy in your policies and always explain why, is um, things like fees and such. Um, I remember having this situation where parents did not understand why our uh, spring concert tickets were so expensive. And, you know, new, new families that didn't understand that our show was going to be in a professional theater, maybe they came from another studio where, you know, the performance was at the local high school. So instead of putting in print in your recital packet or something, um, you know, tickets are $25. They're non-refundable, you know, instead of presenting it in that regard, I might say, in order to give our children the opportunity to perform in such a magnificent theater, we must raise enough money in ticket sales to pay for the theater. Um, tickets are $25 each, something like that, something a little bit so that parents understand why. That will also eliminate a lot of the... Um, parking lot gossip and complaining when parents are like, I don't understand why the tickets are so expensive. At my other studio, they were only $5. Well, it's because it's in a professional theater. That puts that whole argument to rest. Point number six, never budge on placement or casting. So I think it's really important for your credibility that once you determine placement or casting for any of your shows or, you know, uh, dance performances that you stand firm in your casting decisions. That means that you want to take a lot of time up front to really make sure that 
what you're doing is what you really want to do. Look at it from all angles, get feedback from all the teachers involved. And once you put it out there, it needs to stand firm. Don't budge. Once you budge, you will have opened a Pandora's box of parents wanting to negotiate placement with you, negotiate casting with you, and your word will no longer have the final, you, you will no longer have the final say. It's, it's, it's not a box that you want to open. Point number seven, work study, not scholarship. So years and years ago, I fell into this trap, a very messy trap where parents would come to me and ask or complain or, or whine a little bit about not being able to um, afford the package or, you know, the, the struggles they were having at home and maybe suggesting they might be needing to pull their child out. And of course, when you're a new studio owner, you don't want your customers to have to back away, especially because they can't afford it. So the tendency for studio owners in the beginning years is to work with a customer, meet them in the middle, offer them a discount, put them on a scholarship. The problem with that is it's very easy to snow, that, that situation can very easily snowball. And next thing you know, you've got a whole lot of people not paying tuition. Uh, one, I had an office manager um, earlier on, and she, she was also a parent at my studio, and she made a really good point to me, really stuck with me. She said, um, you know, you have parents who are struggling to pay their dance bill, and what they do is they make private decisions amongst their family where they maybe aren't going to do two vacations this summer or they aren't gonna put that addition on their house, or they aren't going to buy a new vehicle this year because they are committed to their child's dance education. And they never say anything to you, they just quietly make the sacrifices at home. And then you have the other parent who comes to you and asks for a discount scholarship, whatever, and you give it to them, and then they, in turn, go buy the new vehicle go on the multiple vacations, put the in-ground pool in. And it's not fair to that family that handled their situation privately to themselves when you're just giving the freebies away to people who just raise their hand and ask. So what I have done, which works very nicely, is I will offer work study. Then everything is fair. So if a parent comes to me and says that they're struggling to make their their dance payment, then I can offer them some cleaning at the studio. Um, we have a student teacher training program. If their child is of the correct age to be starting that program, we can get them involved there. Um, sometimes parents have a talent that you're unaware of, like photography, or um, maybe they could help in your tumbling program, or I don't know, uh, maybe the dad can build something and can do a renovation of your parent lounge, or I don't know, there's all kinds of things that the that parents, talents that parents have that can be of use to you so that you can create a win-win situation with customers who are struggling to pay their bill. That way you're, the dancer doesn't have to leave or cut back. Um, the studio benefits and that family who's quietly giving things up without making a big stink about it, doesn't feel like they're being cheated. 
So point number eight, never burn bridges, always leave the door open. There will be students who leave you. There will be teachers who leave you. There will be parents who get disgruntled. It will happen to you this year, your first year. It will happen to your second year. It will happen to you every year. It is so important, especially if you live in a small, close-knit community, that you do not burn bridges ever. Keep your head up high. Do the right thing in every situation. Do not get dramatic, especially in writing, like in an email or on social media. And leave the door open. If this studio is not a good fit for any particular family, I want them to be sent off with hugs and high fives and let them know that the door is open if anything, if they should change their mind. Now, whether or not they actually are invited back later is irrelevant really to the point. The point is that when you send them off, you let them know that the door is open. You let them know that you wish them well and don't give them any reason to talk poorly about you in the community, especially when they go to their next dance studio. Point number nine, maintain relationships with graduates and former teachers. So important. You never know when a teacher leaves, if they're going to circle back around their and life will, you know, present them with an opportunity that you, you know, for you guys to work together again. When teachers leave, again, I always, um, I always try to leave that relationship open-ended, you know, the door is always open. Um, never trash talk a teacher, never trash talk a, a student that leaves. Um, and maintaining relationships with graduates is also super important. Um, my dad is a, a big um, UConn women's basketball fan. And he told me, I don't watch it myself, but he, he told me this because he's always telling me stories that um, he thinks will pertain to my studio and often they do. And they're, you know, he gives me all kinds of good nuggets. But he said that the coach of the women's basketball team um, does this thing where the graduates will come back to, uh, I don't know if it's one game a year or something. And um, they're so well received and, and they're so celebrated. But in order for them to be so well received and celebrated, they have to be familiar to the current students year round. So throughout the year, um, he makes sure to talk about former students, like um, sharing their successes, you know, referring to them um, about their accomplishments. Um, you know, just making them almost like legends on the, to the current students or the current players on the basketball team. And then when they come back, it's like they're celebrities. And the reason that that's so important is because we want our current students to see the successes that our graduates have and link that to their experience at your studio. So for example, if you have a student who leaves, graduates from your studio and goes on to dance professionally, you wanna talk about her in your classes as much as possible. You know, you wanna to refer to her and have, you know, share, um, social media posts about her accomplishments, maybe go do a field trip and, and take your students to go see 
her perform when she's coming locally so that your students can identify with her because she also went to their studio and it really does legitimize their um, training at your studio when they can see that the same training did such wonders for another person. Point number 10, everything in writing, always in advance. So make sure that your policies are very well thought out and things are written out very clearly and um, distributed to the parents well in advance. This will get easier and easier as years go on because you will be repeating the same things over and over again throughout the year, like a formula. For example, my audition policies and my the, all the papers and the, the contracts that are associated with auditions, I don't reinvent the wheel every year. You know, you tweak it and you improve upon it, but you want to make sure that the parents know how your auditions are running well in advance of the auditions so that there's no confusion, no discrepancy, no parent can come back and say, I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. Make sure that your information is readily available to them in multiple places um, and well in advance. And the last point, point number 11, don't let your own rules box you into a corner. Always leave room for grace. So while it's important that your policies are very detailed, we also don't want to um, box ourselves into a corner in our policies. For example, um, in my dance company contract, it talks about um, the number of absences that a student is allowed to have, but I don't want to pin it down to a specific number. I don't want to say um, only three absences will be allowed, and at that point, the dancer will be removed from the choreography because now I'm boxed in to a, into a corner where I have to follow through on that. What if there's a situation where your top dancer, you know, for whatever reason, misses more than three and it's not in the best interest of the piece or the company or the studio in general for you to remove her from the, the choreography. Perhaps she is perfectly capable of doing the choreography, even having missed four. Perhaps she's fine. You know, she's your top dancer. She's fine. She's got it. She, something important was going on in her life and, and you excused her from that. I just don't want to make my end of the bargain too specific. The other end, the parents' end of the bargain can be very spe specific, what they need to do, but I try not to box myself into a corner where I can't use, um, allow for some grace. So those are my 11 words of wisdom from a seasoned studio owner to a DSO rookie. So if you are just starting out in your studio, I hope that some of these tips will ring true to you. I hope that you will find them helpful. Um, and also, if you are a, another seasoned studio owner, I know we have quite a few in our community, um, and you have some tips or advice that are um, that I didn't mention here, I would love to hear them. You can um, share them in our community. We're all about sharing at DSO Connect. And um, yeah, 
I'm open to hearing some more. Actually, you know what I would love is to hear from seasoned studio owners advice for another seasoned studio owner. Um, I'm in my 30th year and I know we have some members who have been doing this longer than I have. So if you are um, more seasoned than I am, please, by all means, enlighten me. Give me some advice. I want to learn from you. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and have a great week.